What an honor it is to be in the Lord's house. The scripture is very clear. We're going to talk now. I'm going to talk to you around the topic, growing in favor. And you are already positioning yourselves for a week of favor, even in gray, cold Berlin. You know why? Because when we come to the house of the Lord, we start our week there. We're setting ourselves up for blessing. You're honoring the Lord with the first of your time this week. And I want you to know, as you sit down, and I encourage you to lean in and listen, maybe take a few notes, take note of some of the scriptures we'll talk about, that it won't just be another service at Christmas. Lord, we ask for something fresh. Let it begin right here in my heart, in my mind, and in my brothers and sisters here today. And we agree to that in Jesus' name. So you can take a seat, but let's do lean in and say, Lord, we're listening. Yeah, I heard that. Amen. He did too. (laughs) You know, we all like to think of ourselves as being special. Remember when you were a, a child in school, and if the teacher acted like they liked a student better, we would call them, where I came from, the teacher's pet. Has anybody ever heard that before? And, and that wasn't a good thing, because if you were the teacher's pet, you were not the favorite of any of your classmates. And when I became a teacher myself at the end of my university, I went and did teacher training in a school, Because we really don't know for sure, do the teachers play favorites? Well, I found out. They do. Because I was in the room where they went to eat lunch, and I'd hear them talking about their favorite students, and I went, aha, we were right. They were playing favorites. But we all want to feel special and favored. And it might surprise you to know that God has favorites, In fact, at the very beginning of the story of God, which is the scripture, it tells us when the world was falling into destruction that the Lord looked on a man named Noah. And it says there in in Genesis 8, the Lord found favor with Noah because he walked with God. And he was just the start. As we look through the story of God, we find out that God favored Abraham and Sarah, that he favored Joshua and Ruth, Rahab. In fact, in the Christmas story, which we're going to focus on here, there was in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, which tells some interesting parts of the story, and then over in Luke, which we've talked about already here this year, there's a genealogy. There's a list of Jesus' ancestors. And Rahab is there. Ruth is there. David. In fact, Jesus is called the son of David. And, the, and I could go on. Solomon, Daniel, Esther. Men and women that we think of as the heroes of faith. And they were all favored by God, including The characters of Christmas, those that made that story, Mary, Joseph, and so on. And so we look at them, and we go, wow, of course they're favored. But 
in the world I grew up in, maybe it was true for you, if somebody was favored in the family, if I felt like one of my cousins or my siblings was more favored, I felt less favored. Anybody else? If they're favored, it means I'm not as special. And that's why the Christmas story, it's not just another story we come to every year. It's a game changer. I hope our translator can speak that. A game changer. Everything is different because of the story of Christmas. There's no group of people more favored than Mary, Joseph, a carpenter, <laughs> shepherds, the wise men, all of the characters of the Christmas story are favored with being part of God's coming for the first time into the world. Unbelievable. And it, and it actually says in Luke 1 that when the angel came to visit Mary, he told her, you are highly favored. And so it sounds like here we go again. God's picking favorites, just like one of my teachers. And that means I'm less favored. And that's where everything changes. Because Jesus coming into the world announces that the same favor they had is what God desires for all of his sons and daughters. Come on. And if you're here today and you say, well, I don't even believe in a Christian God, it doesn't matter. You're still his son and daughter. He created you out of love. It's true. And he created you to have favor from him. Because Titus chapter 2, verse 11, announces that grace, we sang about grace, which means undeserved favor, grace has now been revealed by God to all of us, bringing salvation to all people. All people. There's no special category. It's not just for people in Europe. It's not just for people in Asia or Africa. It's for all people. Come on, let's just declare that. All people. That means it's that boss at work that you're having trouble with. It means that person in the apartment building where you live that no one seems to get along with. All people. Now, it's obvious that you should ask, how is that possible? I mean, come on, we're talking Abraham and Mary. I mean, Mary was empowered by the Holy Spirit to conceive the Son of God. Man, I haven't done anything like that in my life. They were special. So how can we be favored in the same way? It's a fair question. The answer comes in looking at the word grace. Undeserved favor. Undeserves means I didn't do anything for it. Did you ever have someone be nice to you, give you a gift, or just was really kind with some words, and you didn't do anything to receive it? Parents do this all the time with their children. 
When we would go to Christmas programs, and as you can imagine, my son and daughter were in musical programs in school. That's why they're still doing it. (laughs) Well, guess who mommy and daddy watched during the program when there were 100 children up there singing their little hearts out, and we're taking video and pictures. Who do you think we were watching? Huh? We were watching them. (laughs) They were our favorite. Our heavenly father, though, looks at the whole choir and has all of them as his favorites because it's not based on our performance. It's not based on what you know or what you've done. In fact, some of you'd say, well, I don't deserve God's favor. I've I've not lived for him. I don't believe in him. Well, guess what? The heroes in the scripture, they they had a tough past too. Noah, we started with him. He had an alcohol problem. Abraham and Sarah, serial liars. Yeah. Rahab. She was a call girl who ran a prostitution house. Ruth, she was from the enemy country of God's people. David, he was an adulterer and a murderer. I could go on. Moses, he had anger issues. He was a murderer. And yet scripture says they were all highly favored. So this birth of Jesus that we're celebrating, tells us that God's changing everything as it relates to his relationship to each of us. In fact, it says that as Jesus was a child growing up, he had favor with God and people. And as a man, that power of that favor began to be poured out and began to heal the sick. To cause the blind to see. He caused people who'd never walked to throw away their crutches and stand. And he caused the dead to come back to life. Hallelujah. And at the cross, Jesus took upon himself God's judgment. God's anger at the injustice and blackness of our world. Where the poor are crushed where people are not treating each other correctly, where there's all kinds of terrible things taking place. God sees all of them toward little children, toward those who can't defend themselves. There's a darkness in the human soul that cannot be fixed because we decide to try harder. Come on. It's there. And that blackness in our human soul that we all carry, God put that on the body of Jesus. It was nailed to the cross, and God turned his face away and judged his own son. And when Jesus died on the cross and cried out, it is finished, it meant that God's disfavor with humanity was for once and for all buried and gone in Jesus' name. That's the best news we can ever hear and believe for ourselves. You say, well, yeah, but how? So that means we've got favor because Jesus took the disfavor. Well, how long? I love this. Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says, 
His anger, his anger is for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Amen. Proverbs 30, verse 5, write it down. His favor lasts for a lifetime. That means his righteous anger has been completely satisfied by Jesus' finished work on the cross. So here's some things that means for all of us. It means you are highly favored not by what you do, but what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Now that's preaching. It also means favor is a gift. You don't work for a gift. A gift is something you receive. It's not something you work for as an obligation. If I brought you a gift and I said, here, but now you got to come and clean my house for the next three weeks, well, that wouldn't be a gift. If we take all those gifts that you're bringing today that are beautifully out there in the lobby for homeless people here in Berlin, they're going to open those. Can I encourage you as you go out, even if you didn't bring one, pray a blessing over those. Lord, I pray as each of those gifts are open, the love of Jesus just pours out of the box when they begin to lift out the gloves and the socks and the other things that are in those beautiful packages. But imagine if we had a note inside those packages that said, all of you homeless guys must come to church next Sunday and help set up the venue team. It wouldn't be a gift. It'd be an instruction to come and work for us. We all get that. That's silly. That's what God's favor is. It is a gift for us to receive and to open. It also means, listen carefully, I often hear people say, well, I'm going through a rough time. I think God's punishing me for things I did years ago or I didn't do right. And uh, I've been sick and I think it's God's way of, of getting my attention. Well, it could be that. But more significantly, that isn't how God functions. Favor is God's plan for your life. Amen. It's the blueprint that he has in mind for all of us. Does it mean nothing will ever go wrong? No, but when I know that I'm favored, I'll look beyond the moment and live through it with expectation and hope and faith. It also means that when we know that we're favored, it means we've arrived. You ever have somebody tell you that? Man, you've arrived. You've arrived. You've arrived at the gift that will never leave you, that absolutely will satisfy your soul, the very depths of your desires, who you're becoming, your purpose, your everything will be absolutely filled in your spirit. It will never be taken away. That's an amazing gift to have. And you know, finally, when you know you're favored, your trajectory, the business plan God has for your life is growth. An upward arrow. You're going to grow inwardly, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We, Karen prayed it. We've got physical healing. We, we don't need to keep asking for healing. We just keep seeking the healer who brings the healing. 
Yeah. And we can believe that we have the mind of Christ so I can be sharp. I can remember things. I can walk through life with the thinking of heaven itself at my disposal. So you go into a team meeting with creativity. Holy Spirit, give me creative ideas that will help the team move forward. Do you hear what I'm telling you? That's the thinking of a favored person. We're called to live stronger, to live larger, to live right and just in this generation. You see, when you know that God is for you, when you know that growing in favor is his plan, it gives you a sense of delight. You really can feel like I'm God's special servant. Yes, I am. And then you know what happens? You begin to look around. That's why I had you look around today. Well, if that's true for me, I don't really know them, but it's true for them. And maybe I can be the person in my building, in my team at work, in my class at school, I don't think many of them understand what I'm hearing and really taking in right now. Are you listening here? I may be the only person that goes out this week in different places that fully has understood that yet. It doesn't mean you're smarter. It means you've been graced. But that same favor has been bought for them with the blood of Jesus. And if, it, if that means that's how God sees them, guess who else needs to see them that way? Come on. Doesn't that change the way you look at people? And that's true for even the ones you'd rather not spend time with. Now, I'm not telling you you need to become a best friend with somebody that's continually dragging you down. But Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who curse you. What? Why did he do that? Well, he wants us to be like him, and we can't do it. I mean, come on, he's God. I'm just speaking out loud what a lot of us think. How do I love an enemy? Here's why Jesus is asking us to do that. I just mentioned one. You may be the only person that they ever meet who has Jesus alive and living in them to speak to them and to, to be gracious even when they're not. And then there's another side of it for us. How do we ever expect to understand favor if we don't embrace the same favor we've been given? We begin to live it out in others. We'll never appreciate it. God wants us to forgive our enemies, to pray for those who curse us and speak blessing that they don't deserve because that's when we begin to understand what we really have received. You see, the more you do that, the more you step into God's favor. That's how you grow in it. So let me give you a couple of final thoughts real quick. You ready for these? Here's my conclusion. It's time to start believing what seems too good to be true. 
You know why we struggle with, I don't, I'm not favored. I don't believe him. He, he can say that. It sounds good. But I'm not favored like Mary. Come on. The Virgin Mary. I'm not a virgin. And I don't have statues all over the world in my name. Don't miss this. You know why we struggle with believing how greatly favored we are? Because we don't operate that way. You know, the most famous football teams in the world, everybody's thinking about football, at least some of us. Yay. There's the biggest fans, the clubs, there's clubs of fans. Every year in Berlin, we'll see huge numbers of people get off buses, and they're all wearing the same colors getting ready for the game out at the Olympic Stadium. They're fans because their team is a winner. We favor what performs. We go for the winners. There's fan clubs for actors and actresses, for singers. It's not people you never heard of, it's the winners. But see, that's not how God works. He favors the winners and the losers. In fact, he has a special love for the people that go unseen, and that may be you. He's favored you at the same level. Listen, there's more to this. It's so powerful. When Jesus was in the work of his favor and he went into the water of baptism, the beginning of his ministry, and he came out of the water, a voice of the Father from heaven came. Some of you know that? What did, God, what did the Father say to the Son? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's what he said. He was favored. He hadn't even done his ministry yet. But he had the Father's favor. Scripture says in 1 John, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Did you ever think of that? You and I are beloved and favored at the same level as Jesus. Amen. Unbelievable. Unglaublich. That means, Chris, that God says over you, I'm beloved, you're my beloved. I'm so proud of you. That means, Susan, that God says, I am well pleased with you. Put your name there. He has declared that about all of us. So let's step in. Let's believe it. Let's step in and, and say, God, I want to experience it more than I ever had before. That's what Mary did. She wasn't expecting to be called highly favored. But from that moment on until her last breath, she lived in wonder considering what was happening and celebrated through her faith what God had spoken over her. That's what he's calling you and I to do. Stand to your feet. He's, he's calling us to get up every day, brothers and sisters, with that same attitude. Lord, I'm listening. Lord, I, I say what Mary said to the angel. Let everything you have planned for me be just as you said, let it be so. Are you ready to do that? Get up every day. God, you're in control. If you will do that, listen, I'm looking out at a whole room full of heroes. If you and I will do that, 
He will give us the courage and the favor to do anything, to stand up to anything, to break through anything. He will do anything. We will be able to do whatever he asks us to do. So can I encourage you, let God's favor frame be the framework that you leave here with for your lifestyle. And let it shape your destiny. That's what he wants to do. And so I pray right now for each of you here for a fresh, deeper level of understanding that you were beloved, that you are favored, that God's best is always in front of you. I love to say that. The best is always yet to come. And it's true. God's not finished. And you may not feel like you're experiencing his favor, but it doesn't mean it's not there. So, Father, I pray for fresh revelation of your favor over your church like never before in Jesus' name. And if you believe it and receive it, say amen with me. Beautiful. Yeah, let's give the Lord an applause of praise. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your favor. We shout it out. Thank you, Lord.